0: Hello, can everybody hear me in the back? My note sheet is definitely going to fly away. I wonder if there's something heavy I could put on it. Thanks. Although now I'm not sure I can see the note sheet. Um, well, so like Matt said, we're, we're starting this week to talk about, about Advent and Advent, the word Advent, it literally means to arrive or or to come. And so, with the season of Advent, the celebration of Advent, basically what we're doing is we're celebrating um, we're, we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus, and we're celebrating what the arrival of Jesus, God becoming man on the earth, means for us and for the world today. You know, I couldn't help um, but think about this uh, this afternoon. You know, uh, today um, me and Lindsay, we have my brother-in-law Macon and my mother-in-law Sally. They're, they're with us this afternoon um, here at church. And uh, when I see them, I'm just reminded that, you know, so many families have Christmas traditions. And that's one of the things that makes Christmas really special. Right? And um, one of the Christmas traditions that we have had, well, we haven't actually been a part of it for the past couple years, because we've been in East Asia, which is our fault, not their fault. Um, but one of the, the Christmas traditions that they have had, and that we get to, well, we would have gotten to join in if it wasn't for, you know, you know, the, the pandemic, um, is they would go to see the play, A Christmas Carol, every single year. Um, out in Greensboro, they have a, have a play performance of it. Well, guess what's not happening this year? we're not going to see the Christmas carol because it's canceled. And, you know, for so many of us, some of the dearest Christmas traditions that we have have been taken away from us. And for some of us, too, I mean, we're not even sure if we'll get to spend it with family because of, because of COVID, because of the pandemic. I know everybody's kind of in a different place with that, um, but we're kind of grieving that Christmas, which is always, can, can sometimes be a bittersweet, experience even on a normal year that this year especially it's kind of a reminder of the things that we might like to be doing that we can't do and so what i want to do what i hope advent is is an invitation for us as a church and everybody that's here everybody that's listening to really in this time where we're all sort of grieving the fact that we can't celebrate some of the christmas traditions that we have with our family to really lean into a Christmas tradition that's been a part of the church for a long time, and that's celebrating that's celebrating Advent. Um, so, like Matt said, we're going to be looking at John one. So you can turn to John one, uh, verse one, with me right now if you have a Bible. And so, yeah, like I said, we're going to be looking at what this means for us. What does it mean that Jesus came? that God came to the world as a man and lived with us? Well, I'll read John 1, 1 through 1-5. This is John writing. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And, side note, as John's talking, he's, he's using the word, Word, to refer to Jesus. So, so when he's saying Word, he means, he means Jesus. So in the beginning was the Word, was Jesus, and the Word was with God, And the word was God. And he, that's Jesus or the word, was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So um, two things that we're going to see in this passage today that Jesus coming, that God coming in the form of a baby to the earth as Jesus means means for us. And those two things are Jesus is offering us life, and he's offering us light. Life and light. Um, turn with me just a couple of chapters, a few chapters later in John, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. This is Jesus teaching um a number of years later after he grew up and started started his teaching ministry and jesus is talking about himself and the difference between himself and and satan and in this this verse i'm about to read he's describing satan he's he's using the word thief to 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 refer to satan and so in john 10 verse 10 jesus says he says the thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy he says, that's what Satan's about. Satan wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that they might have life and have it abundantly. Okay. And we know from a very famous verse, John three sixteen, that God loved us so much that he gave us his son, Jesus, so that all of us who trust in him, we won't die, but we'll have everlasting life. And later, when Jesus, when his good friend Lazarus dies, and right before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, in John chapter 11, Jesus, he's, he sees all the people around him that are so, they're, they're, they're grieving that their, their friends and their family members just died. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, yet He lives. Even though he dies, yet he will still live. So Jesus has come to give us life. He's come to give us eternal life, and he's come to give us abundant life. But in contrast to that, Satan wants you to die. Satan wants you to die, and he wants you to be depressed. He wants you to despair and have no hope in life. You know, one of the things, if you follow this type of stuff, that during, during the pandemic, um, really in a lot of ways... It's kind of a, and this is a, a really deep, heavy topic, um, but really, the pandemic is sort of a perfect storm for suicide. Okay, I know that's a really heavy topic, but um, one thing that people have found uh, is that during this time where we're all isolated, um, like I said before, a lot of the, the traditions that we hold dearly have been taken away from us. Many people have lost their jobs. Now they have financial stress. That suicide rates have just skyrocketed. And especially during times like this, Satan loves to tell us the lie that there is no hope. And he loves to tell us, hey, look how unhappy you are. Look at all the things you you, you wish you could do. Look at all the places you can't go. Look at all the people you can't see. Wouldn't you rather just die? Wouldn't you be better off if you just lights out, if you just if you just died? And some of us today honestly might be struggling with those types of thoughts. And, and if you are, I just want to encourage you to not listen to those because Satan's a liar, and Jesus has come so we can have life, and not just any old sort of life, but abundant life, life that's meaningful, life that's worth living, even if you're stuck in your in your house or your apartment. And some of us too, we, you know, we might not be suicidal, but but let's be honest, many of us during the last several months ha- have been depressed in one way or another, H- have, have felt, gosh, this is just, this is just really hard. And so some of us today might be listening to this, and, and for you, you might not be suicidal, but every day it's just kind of become a it become a struggle. You're just kind of dreading. You're dreading opening up your computer and logging on, and oh, not another Zoom meeting, not another Zoom class. God, do hope. And it's just you're just dread. You just kind of it's just a drudgery. And you're not suicidal, but you just don't have any hope. And again, Jesus has promised to you. What Jesus brings to us is not only life, but abundant life, meaningful and purposeful life. Well, in John, uh, in in John one four. I'll turn back there in John 1 four John says that that life the the abundant eternal life that Jesus gives us is the light of men. So what does this mean that the life that Jesus gives us is the light to to all of to all of humanity. Well if you think about a light what what a light does is it illuminates, The area around you and it allows you to see it for as it is right and if you're imagine if you're driving on a road maybe like a I I think about you know driving I used to on my way to to Chapel Hill I used to drive past uh, past Jordan Lake and if there's there's sections of that road if you're driving on it and there's no there's no street lights and if your headlights were to were to cut off all of a sudden you'd be in big trouble because you wouldn't be able to see which way to go, you wouldn't know which way the road's curving, you wouldn't know what what obstacles might be in the road, you you very likely crash. And what the headlights do is it shows you which way to go, it shows you how to how to proceed. And what Jesus is saying is that that the gospel, that Jesus is teaching and his life that he gives us, is kind of like the headlights for our car, right? It shows us how to live. And you know, um. What it it actually does is it helps us to see, like I just said, it helps us to see the world as it actually is. And it helps us to see the world the way God sees the world. So then, after we see the world as God sees it, as it really is, then we can know how to respond to it. We can know what types of decisions we, we should make. So let me just, I just wrote down a list of several, of, of several things you know, and these aren't specific what job you should take, what city you should live in, how many kids you should have, stuff like that. But these are, these are things that when the, the light of God's word shines on our life, these are things that God shows us about what the, the world looks like from his perspective. I'm just going to read these off. So number one, when the light of the gospel shines on our life, Jesus shows us That raising a family is more important than, quote unquote, winning at your career. Okay, number two. Jesus shows us that it's more important to be generous to poor and needy people around you and sacrificially serve others than it is to have a big house or a fancy car. He shows us that when when somebody hurts us, everything in us is saying we should retaliate. But we shouldn't do that. And neither should we just hate them in our heart and develop bitterness. Instead, we should forgive them, just like God's forgiven us. And Jesus shows us that the pain and the hardships that we all have in any way, shape, or form that we might be experiencing it, that these hardships are not signs that God doesn't love us anymore. And they're not telling us, oh, we should just quit. This is too hard. Instead, Jesus tells us, That we can actually have joy as we're going through these difficult experiences, including a pandemic or including a job loss or including sickness or or whatever, because we know that God is using every single experience in our lives, including and especially the difficult experiences, to, to train us and to shape us and to mold us to be more like Jesus. And... Here's another one. God's Word also shows us, it shows us that we need each other, that we really need each other. And it's such an encouragement to me to come out here and be able to be with all of you, just to see your faces, to be in the same place. Because one of the things that we really believe as, as a church leadership team, we, we believe that the pandemic is is real, and it's scary, and it's dangerous, and it would be very foolish to not take a lot of precautions. But we also believe it would be equally foolish to think we don't really need anything except food to eat, a roof over our heads, and a computer to watch TV on. Because the truth is we really need each other. And more and more people are starting to figure this out. As like I said, you know, depression is way up, suicide is way up. We need each other. And that's why we as a church leadership team, in in so many ways, we're trying to bend over backwards to find any way that we can that's safe to get us to connect with each other, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's at a a tent or, or, or whatever it is. And finally, and probably most importantly, God's word shows us that when we screw up, which all of us do, And we'll continue to do. That when we screw up trying to live the life that God wants us to live, that we we shouldn't hide, we shouldn't just wallow in shame or guilt or fear. But instead we should be honest. We should be honest with God. We should be honest with each other. So that we can experience forgiveness and love and encouragement. And these are ways, again, these are like headlights as, we're, as we're, we imagine ourselves driving down the road of life. Um, these are like headlights that are showing us which way to go. Because Proverbs tells us that there's a way that seems right in a man's eyes. You know, when, when you, have you ever done this before? Definitely don't do this. But I did this once, and it was very scary. I was driving down one of these kind of dark roads like I was just mentioning. And um, and I said, I wonder what would happen if I just turned the headlights off real quick. Just turn them off and turn them back on. I said, how how far am I gonna get? And and I kind of flicked them off and then I I freaked out because I couldn't see anything and I flicked them right back on and then I just, you know, my heart was racing. But anyway, if you've ever done that before, as soon as you can't see, as soon as there's not any light, you're, you're just completely disoriented. And you don't know which way is, is straight and which way... You, you don't know which way to go. And the same way, Proverbs tells us that when we try to live our life without the headlights on, it says, Proverbs tells us that there's a way that you're going to think is the right way to live that seems right in your own eyes, but in the end, it leads, in, it leads to death. Okay? So let me just, as we, as we get ready to close... Let me just ask you three questions. As we've been thinking about the life and the light that God's word gives us, that Jesus, that Jesus brings to us as He comes. Let me ask you these three questions that so you can just be thinking about or discussing with each other. Number one, are you walking in God's light? Are you walking in God's light? Now I think there's at least two ways that I can think of. That sometimes we we walk in darkness instead of light. We go through life with the headlights off. Um, and, and the first one is when we think we know better than God. We, we, we think we know better than God. And you know this sometimes this happens. You know we we read we read something in the Bible, maybe a principle or some type of moral teaching or or, or whatever, or, or some a, a miracle that it talks about or something in the Bible, and we say. I mean, that's a good story, but I mean, that was 2,000 years ago. And we've come a long way in 2,000 years. And, you know, we're pretty advanced now. And so I think I've got this right, and the Bible's got this wrong. And I'm sure that if I could ask God, if God were here today, and if we could ask God, that God would agree with me anyway. So I'm just going to do what I, th- what I think is right even though that's not what God's saying is right in his word. And, you know, it's so, and I do this myself sometimes, It's we can be so arrogant just thinking that we, you know, we have finally, you know, in, in, in the year 2020, we have finally arrived at the core wisdom. You know, we have it all figured out. And 50 years ago, they didn't have it figured out. 100 years ago, they didn't have it figured out. A thousand years ago, they definitely didn't have, have it figured out. But starting in 2020, you know, we we've got our, we basically have our ducks in a row. And, and we can think that, that we're so unique because we have this perspective. But the truth is, if we're thinking that way, we're not unique. We're really just one more in a long line of people who thought they knew better than God and end up really making a mess of their lives because of it. So that, that's one way that you can live in the dark instead of walking in the light is to think you know better than God. The second way, the second way is to pretend, to pretend that you're better than you actually are. Because, like I was just saying, you know, God, He He shows us what abundant life looks like. He shows us what it does look like and what it doesn't look like. And we have this temptation because we want to feel like we're doing well. We and we're afraid that if we're not doing well enough that God's going to hate us or people are going to hate us or we're going to be embarrassed or, or, or whatever. Um, and, and so w- we might be struggling with something, but we don't want people to know. You know, Maybe our marriage is just falling apart. You know, maybe our finances are just a wreck. Maybe we're struggling with some addiction or with some depression. And, and we don't want people to know. We don't want people to know because we're afraid it'll change the way they see us. And so we, we hide and we pretend to be better than we actually are. And what walking in the light means, and this is from 1 John 1, 5 through 10, is that if we we say we don't have any sin, then we're a liar and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sin, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins. So are you walking in the light or are you thinking you know better than God or are you pretending that you're better than you actually are instead of letting the light both expose you and also clean you and heal you so that's number one are you walking in the light number two are and, and this is this is a kind of a, a very sobering topic but second question I ask, I ask you to think about are you afraid of death are you afraid of dying you know and, and this is a time where in the past several months that all of us are most of us probably are a lot more aware of how fragile life is than we ever were before. You know, most of us know somebody either in our family or someone, maybe a public figure that we really respect and look up to. We're aware of somebody that we care about that's died because of the pandemic in the past year. How do you feel when you think about the possibility, and I'm just gonna be really blunt, of getting COVID 19 and dying. Obviously, that's a terrible thing. And even as I say that, that sounds, that just, that makes me feel awful. But when you think about what comes after death, are you afraid of death? Because what Jesus' promises is that He is the resurrection and the life. And if we put our trust in Him, even though we die, It's not going to be an ending where we lose everything. It's a beginning where we get to live with him. And one day, like Matt said, he's going to come back. And because he's the resurrection and the life, we also will be raised from the dead and we'll get to live with him forever in his kingdom. So are you afraid of death? And number three, do you you really believe that Jesus is going to come back one day? Do you really believe Deep down in your heart that Jesus is going to come back one day. You know, because just like, just like we said, the word Advent literally means the arrival. And and, and two thousand years ago, like Matt kind of alluded to, the the people, you know, John who's writing this, and the people in John's time, they were waiting. They were waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting for for the Messiah, for the Savior. They're waiting for the advent of the Savior. And just like, and in the same way today, we are also waiting for an advent, for a second advent of of Jesus for him to come back. And so I wonder, do you really believe that he's going to come back? Or is that just something that you think we kind of tell each other and tell our kids just to scare ourselves straight or just to make ourselves feel better? Is that just kind of a fairy tale or a Santa Claus story? Or do we really believe that? Because, and think about this with me. If the first, if Jesus' first advent is so great that it gives us eternal and abundant life and he lights up our world so we can see how to live that abundant life, how much more amazing is is it going to be when he comes back, not as a little baby, but as a king? And it's because I promise that there will not be any global pandemics in the administration of King Jesus. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we, we ask that you would come back soon. I just pray for Everybody listening and everybody that's here this morning, would you please give us hope? Would you help us to live the abundant life that you've created us to, to live? And we thank you for everything that you've, that you've done for us. And so God guys pray that in this time where life just looks so much different than we were probably imagining that Christmas 2020 would look like a year ago. I just pray you give us joy. And even if we can't have that joy in um, the people we gather with or the different celebrations we're doing, I pray that we would be able to celebrate the life and the light that you give us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.